1 Samuel 15, 19. We're going to go to the scripture right here and a backstory of what's going on right here in this passage I'm about to read is that Saul was a king who was anointed by God. He carried anointing. He was anointed. He was chosen. And prophet Samuel gave him an instruction. And he said, this battle you're about to go in, God wants you to kill everyone and kill all livestock. Keep, keep none alive. And now this was something different for Saul to receive because in those days they would make sacrifices. They would save livestock for sac to make sacrifices to God. In those days before Jesus came, they were under the curse still. They had to make uh, sacrifices to be in right standing with God. So prophet Samuel tells him this is the word of God. He says to do this. But Saul ends up disobeying. He ends up leaving one person alive, and he leaves some livestock alive as well to make sacrifices. 1 Samuel 15, 19, it says, Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? Wow, so Prophet Samuel is saying that this act of disobedience was actually evil. That shows how important our obedience to God is. Amen? And the reverence that we should have to God's instructions to us. Verse 20. But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, and I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Verse 22. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You can read that and kind of be like, okay, what does that exactly mean? And honestly, to obey God is completely a sacrifice every day right but you know the real the real meaning of this is back in those days those sacrifices were these religious rituals that people did to be in right standing with god i do this and then i'll be in right standing with god i'll do this and then i'll look good and spiritual those were like the motives right that's why they were doing these things but now God comes and he's coming like it's, it's prophetic of how he now moves under the new covenant with Jesus. Where we're not under legalism anymore. That we have to do certain things for God to be happy with us, to be in right standing. You know, it's prophetic of, of what was to come because Jesus uh, destroyed the curse. But God says, he comes in and he says, yeah, I know that the law says this. I know you're supposed to make these sacrifices to be in right standing for me. But I'm coming with this new direction right now. I want you to do this for me. Now, do you love me more than you love religion? Do you love me more than religion? Do you love me more than you're obsessed with religion? More than you're obsessed with your religious rituals 
to make yourself feel good and look good. I'm spiritual. That's the meaning of obedience is better than sacrifice. Now, today, this spirit of religion is alive today. Like, the devil's coming with this spirit of religion so much in believers' lives. Because when you are blinded with religion, you, you're blinded to God's grace and his love and his compassion. You're blinded. The spirit of religion says to you, you have to pray for this number of, of hours until God's happy with you or else God's upset with you. Or you have, to re- you have to pray, you have to read the Bible for this set of time, you have to fast for this amount of time. When you do these things, then you're, God's kind of okay with you. That's what that's, does that sound familiar to you? That's the voice of the devil trying to keep you from knowing God's love and trying to make you think that Jesus is condemning you all the time. But there is no longer no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Okay, in Christ Jesus. So meaning when you earnestly love Jesus, he is your Lord, and you want to please him, you want to follow him, like that's your heart every day. We're all not perfect, right? But if that's your heart, there is no condemnation. Zero. So every time that voice comes, you, you didn't read the Bible enough, you didn't pray enough, you didn't do this good enough, da 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 That's always the devil every time. Hallelujah. So the devil comes with the spirit of religion today speaking, it's better to sacrifice. It's better to do these religious rituals. It, sometimes we... That, that spirit of religion makes you think like, oh, because I sacrificed so much with this religious activity, I can feel good about myself now. Or maybe I can look good in front of other people. That's what the spirit of religion does. But Jesus wants you to forget all of that legalism. Uh, I have to do this for God to be happy with me. But he wants you to, to be so focused on pleasing his heart, so focused to his voice, What is he saying for you to do today? How much of the Bible is he asking you to read today? How does he want you to commune with him today? Religion says that prayer needs to look a certain way, that it should sound a certain like a certain way that doesn't even feel natural to us, right? Religion says you need to read at least one chapter of the Bible every day or you're not doing enough, right? Religion says you need to fast regularly. So when, you, when you're in that thinking, that, that mindset, it's like a burden on you. It's like, oh, I gotta do this. Oh, I gotta do this. But honestly, you're, you're, you're listening to the voice of religion rather than the voice of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. God is so far away from religion than many people realize. He's so far away from religion. He wants you to really seek after his heart. What do you want me to do, Jesus? 
and I don't care if it looks different from other people. I don't care if it looks different from other people's faith walk or the season they're in. I just want to please you. I don't care how spiritual I look. I don't need to brag about how spiritual I am or how many days I fasted or how much of the Bible I read. I read a Bible in a whole year, go me, you know? No, I just care about what you want me to do, Jesus. I only care about pleasing you. So before God, when God called me into, to be an apostle, this was almost five years ago this September. I was in this, I was in this, um, this uh, routine of reading the Bible and spending time with God for three hours every day. And I was loving it and it was amazing and it was beautiful and it was a beautiful season of my life. But then God called me to be an apostle and then all of a sudden God called me to start a church. And now God was speaking, I need you to go look for buildings of where to have church. I need you to start social media accounts, etc. I need you to do these technical, practical things, you know? And do you know what? I had so, I put it off. I had such a hard time doing these things. Look, going to, going to look for church buildings, making social media accounts. I was like, I don't want to do this. And I couldn't figure out why I didn't want to do it so much. And then God revealed to me that I was loving religion more than I was after his heart. Don't get me wrong, those three hours spending time with him was beautiful and amazing, but like for me to, I, it came to a point where like I couldn't read the Bible for three whole hours and still do these other things that God was calling me to do. And so God opened up my eyes to see, yes, you're spending time with me and it's beautiful, but at the same time, there's another motive there. like you're feeling better about yourself because you've done this religious activity. You know, the, I was seeing reading the Bible and praying as more spiritual than looking for church buildings, than starting social media accounts. But God taught me whatever is obedience to God is the most spiritual thing you can do. So like when God says, go look for, go search for church buildings, that was just as spiritual <laughs> as reading the Bible or fasting or praying. Amen. It was just as spiritual because it was doing what God wanted me to do. Whereas if I was praying the Bible for, or reading the Bible for more hours than God actually asked me to on that day, and I didn't go do what he wanted me to do, start the social media account then that would actually be disobedience to God. You see? You see how sneaky that spirit of religion comes in? And that's what happened with Saul. Saul was like, well, God said to make sacrifices. And God also said to, uh, to kill everything so there's nothing for sacrifices. Well, I want to do this one more. And people will... Um, think more highly of me and look at me as more spiritual if I go with this one. So I'm going to do this one. That's how Saul was thinking. That's why Saul was like, I did obey you, God. You know, you told me to make sacrifices before. I know you said this, but you see? But really, that was being evil in the Lord's eyes. Whoa. That's powerful, right? 
Hey, I'm, God wants to destroy the spirit of religion today. This is what he wants to do. Yeah. He wants to completely destroy it. So then God called me to start editing videos. God said, this revival will spread. This, you know, we received this prophecy that this revival was going to break out in Los Angeles and that revival was now for America and it would begin in LA and sweep across the country. We received that word years ago and God spoke to me, the way that this is gonna happen, the way that miracles are gonna touch people, people will be touched by me, is by you need to make one minute videos. You need to make one minute videos and put them on all social media platforms. And so I said, okay, God, but guess what? We had no editors. Our church had like a, a handful of people and no one knew how to edit. <laughs> and, and the spirit of religion could say, well, you need to just pray. You need to just pray for editors to come. You know, just pray and pray and pray. Do the religious thing even, you know, until that comes, until somebody comes. But God said to me what he said to Moses. When Moses says, okay, God, you call me to this big thing. What do I do? And God says to Moses, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? A staff. It was a staff. And so then God says, you know what? You're going to just use it. You're just going to lift what I already gave you in your hand. That simple thing that you don't think is very great, very exciting. You're going to use that simple thing. You're going to lift it up. And I'm going to do miracles through it. I'm going to part the sea through it. I'm going to answer the prayers of your ancestors for generations, hundreds of years. Millions are going to be delivered through this simple little staff. So he didn't say to Moses, you better, I don't know, you better pray and fast for a long time until I can use you. Even though I called you now, you better, you can't do anything. You got to just pray and fast until things come your way. No. He says, use your, what's in your hand right now? What's in your hand right now? So that's what God said to me. He said, hey, I've given you a brain. I've given you the ability to learn, to learn things quick if you put your mind to it. So I taught myself how to, how to edit. I taught myself that. I had no clue how to edit. I taught myself. And this was like three something years ago. And so God was calling me to make all of these one minute videos, video clips. I would edit the sermons. It would take me five hours to edit the sermons. I would be up till five in the morning sometimes editing these videos that would get 20 views on YouTube, hardly any likes on Instagram and Facebook. I did this for years. And God called me to spend so many hours doing this. I mean, I'm telling you that I was spending like probably 11, 12 hours like every day editing videos. And when God called me to be an apostle, I did not picture that. <laughs> I had no clue how to be a minister. I, re I didn't. And, and, but, but, but like what I imagined was like every single day, it's going to be praying the Bible, reading, preparing the message. That's all I do. I thought that would be like the whole entire schedule. But then God's saying, actually like the big chunk of your time pretty much, I want you to do this like technical work that does not seem spiritual at all. But you know what? 
The problem is, is that we don't, a lot of people don't really know God's heart. David was a man after God's heart. We don't really know, we aren't really seeking God's heart. We're seeking, okay, how can my relationship with God be good enough? You know, but we're like not after God's heart. What does God want? What touches his heart? What does his heart burn for? His heart burns for his people. His heart burns for his people who do not know him. His heart burns for his people who are demon possessed and in all sorts of bondage. His heart burns for people who are sick that he desperately wants to heal. His heart burns for the people who are stuck in spirits of religion and not receiving the true gospel of Jesus. His heart burns for the, the, the Christians and the dead churches who don't really know his love and never really have met him but have known Jesus their whole life. That's what God's heart burns for. And so God taught me about intimacy with him. Before, I thought intimacy with the Holy Spirit was only the prayer time, the reading the Bible, and that was it, and worship. I, I like thought that was the only time of intimacy and I was like kind of forgetting about God the rest of the day, you know, going about my business. Okay, I go here, I go there, I'm, I'm with friends, doing good things, not bad things, but just go about my business, forgetting that God's with me. And then, okay, oh, time to be intimate with God now. Open up my Bible, pray. Okay, this is my intimacy with God time. You know, that, that, once again, that's spirit of religion, okay? But God wants you to really be aware that he's with you all of the time. And you can be just as intimate with him when you're reading the Bible and praying as you are just listening to this message sitting here, as you are having coffee with a friend, as you are driving in the car, as you are editing videos, as you are doing technical work, as you are running the, the cameras right here in church, the work you're doing in church. Like, he never leaves you. He's not more with you when you're reading the Bible and praying than he's with you when you're not. He's the whole, same Holy Spirit's in you, right? And so he wants you to be aware of that all the time and make your mind aware of that. Jesus is with me. Just like if you're driving in the car and there's like your kids sitting in the back seat, it's up to you whether to remind yourself or not that they're back there and engage with them, right? So that's how God wants it to be. So God was calling me to edit all these videos, spend so much time doing this. They're not getting views even years later. And I'm like, this is weird. This isn't how I pictured life to be as a minister. <laughs> but God taught me how to experience intimacy with him as I work for him. I was doing work with him. We were after his people together. It's like if you get married, this couple here, you're married now, missionaries, traveling around the country together. You're experiencing just as much intimacy when you're here ministering together as when you're, as when you're home by yourselves, right? So that's how Jesus wants it to be, that you're experiencing intimacy with him whenever you're doing work for him. You're on this mission together. This is, this is God's passion. When you're married to someone, you care about their passion. And the more you care about their passion, 
the more intimate you'll be. And when you show them love, not just in words, but being with them in their passion, making sacrifice to travel, travel with them, like here, you know, that is more intimacy. Hallelujah. So God taught me this. Like, as I'm editing videos, I'm like, my goodness, this is complete obedience. I don't want to be doing this. Actually, I'd rather have, sometimes I would be like, I'd rather have a relationship with God my own way. I'd rather be reading the Bible right now than editing, you know? We'll, we'll be like that. Part of it's because it makes us feel more spiritual or something, you know? Um, it makes us feel better. But that's just the spirit of religion saying you have to do this to be in right standing with God, right? But God taught me, like, Catherine, I'm here with you at three in the morning and no one else sees what you're doing. And you're doing this only because I asked you to do this. And you're doing this still years later when there's like no views and no fruit. This is straight up obedience, Catherine. You're touching my heart. I see you right now. You're touching my heart. Because that's what God wanted me to do. Specifically, that's what God wanted me to do. So this is how I could touch his heart the most is by obeying what he called me to do. Amen. So this is where I started to experience the secret place like never before. I started to turn my mind. Jesus is with me. He's delighting over me and he's proud of me right now. And we're doing this thing together. You know, we're reaching his people together. I didn't see the fruit yet of people being reached yet, but I knew this was his work we were doing together. Amen. And so many people think that demons are cast out because someone is spending all their time fasting. But the thing is, is that many people are, are thinking about that in a religious way. They're thinking of, thinking of it in a religious way. Many people don't understand the real meaning of fasting. The purpose of fasting, there's two different ways of fasting. One is when you do not eat for a certain time. You, you deny your, yourself food for the purpose of your spiritual man growing higher and your carnal man being pushed down. The second type of fasting is whatever is having kind of a hold on your life. Maybe you're spending too much time on social media. You're watching too much TV. A certain, your dessert, you're like, I have to have this dessert every single day or something you know like whatever you can tell is starting to have a little hold on you you deny yourself of that for a certain amount of time as the holy spirit leads not religiously but as the holy spirit leads it could be even one day two days a week it depends and as you do that it pushes your carnal man down your flesh down it makes your spirit man to rise up and that's actually the type of fasting that God will be speaking more, more in, in one's life. But many people think that fasting is only fasting food, right? Many people think that. But what God, God taught me is like, you need to not be so focused on, okay, I have to fast, I have to pray, I have to do all these things to get something or to make God happy with me. But rather, God, what do you want? Amen. I've never heard of a story of, of some minister like edit, spending so much time editing before. I never heard of that before. <laughs> but that was God's unique 
call for me. That was uniquely what God was asking me to do. Hallelujah. It says, um, it says in Matthew 17, 19, that the disciples couldn't drive out a certain demon, but then Jesus could drive it out. And then it says in verse 21, Matthew 17, 21, this kind of demon go does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So many people associate demons being able to be cast out must be the person is doing a lot of fasting of food. But what Jesus is really meaning here, the real revelation of what he's speaking is you disciples are in your flesh too much. Even before that, he says in the scripture, you guys don't have enough faith. So the real meaning was you guys are in your flesh too much and you need to be more spiritual so I can entrust you with more anointing. That's the real meaning of it. Yeah. Hallelujah. So by prayer and fasting, meaning being intimate with God more throughout your whole day. It's not just the, the designated time of, of praying. No, when he's saying prayer, he's meaning be looking to Jesus all the time. You guys aren't doing that all the time. Fasting. You guys are in your flesh too much. There's some things you need to deny your flesh of, not necessarily food, maybe food. There's things you need to deny yourself flesh of, your flesh of. So I can entrust you with more anointing to put in you. This anointing comes strictly by your heart alone. Your heart. God sees your heart. Are you willing to do whatever he wants, even if it looks so different from what you imagined? Are you willing to obey him doing things that you didn't want to do? I never wanted to edit, and I've been spending most of my life the past five years editing videos. But look what God has done. Every single one of you are here right now because I edited those videos by the direction of God and God moving through those videos. Amen. I think there's, I think there's, Vivian and Fred are amazing. They've been here since about the beginning. Vivian is Jantal's mom. And yes, they're amazing. I must honor them because they've been here since about almost, almost the beginning. And um, it's, it's them and Jantal and I, and they didn't come through videos. Jantal didn't come through videos. But every single one of you, the only reason you're here is because of video. I think it has to be, right? Whether someone told you about the video or not, you know. Um, see, see how God's ways are not our ways. And, and I share this story for you can, to, try to, uh, to try to see God's heart more for his kingdom and for his people. You know? Like, God wanted to get me out of my religious routines and work for him. See the future, all of you here, years later. Amen. And see you receiving miracles. And see you meeting him. Yes, hallelujah. I would think about you all years ago. I'm like, it's coming. These people will receive. This is why I'm doing this. This is why God has me doing this. I know why God has me doing this. He's wise. He knows what he's doing. You know, so when you obey God, when you're doing his work for his kingdom, I'm telling you, it's a spiritual thing that takes place. Like he puts anointing in you. 
Like, that's how anointing comes, really. Really, there's a secret. Serve him in his work, where he's really moving. Not lukewarm, like places where he not is, where he's not. But where he's moving, where he's moving in power, where his true kingdom is, serve him. Do his work. Oh, his work is his heart. His work is his heart. So, Paul says in Romans 1, 1. Oh, actually, Matthew 9, 14. One day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. He's talking about they will fast when I have been taken into custody, when I'm on the cross, when the Holy Spirit's not there yet. And man, that flesh is, is really trying to take down that faith, right? That's why he's saying you fast, fast then. That's my direction. I'm leading you to fast at this time. But I'm not leading you to fast now. The religion rules say we fast this day, we fast this week, we fast this time of year for this number of days. This is a tradition we do. That's what John the Baptist's disciples were stuck in and the Pharisees were stuck in. So they had their routines. Okay, we're fasting. And Jesus says, they're saying, why aren't you fasting like we are? And Jesus says, why would you fast right now? I didn't tell you to fast right now. Now it's time to do work for my kingdom. Amen. I need you. I need my disciples to help me in my work. There's a lot of labor to be done. Now's not the time of fasting. Amen. 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 God surprised me. Um, he surprised me with what surrender looks like. We tend to think surrender in a religious way. But surrender really is doing whatever he wants you to do. Um, Romans 1.1 says, This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. A slave of Jesus Christ, it says. Another translation says servant of Jesus. A slave of Jesus Christ. I can tell you I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. And I've never... <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I've been feeling that so much lately, but it's an amazing thing. No complaints. But like, I mean, we haven't had editors yet still. And so guess what? I, I got to get this service out by tomorrow night. So that means I edit from 4 p.m. tomorrow till 10 a.m. in the morning. That's what happened last week. Yeah. I know. I told you. I was surprised. I was like, really, God? But God says, yeah. God says, I need my people to see these videos so I can touch them. There's millions of people that need to know I am real, that need to receive miracles, that need to be set free, that need to be healed. And so I've been a slave to Christ and things have looked different. People could look on my life and telling me in the religious way, you're not resting enough. They could, they could. I'm telling you, if they looked into my life, religious people would say that. Just like John the Baptist's disciples and the Pharisees are like, why aren't you fasting? You know? 
But like as God has been moving like never before, there's been more miracles than ever been before. There's been more work to be done. And it's true. The Bible says the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. But the work's got to go on. I can hear God saying this to me. This, the, my people need to see these videos. So you keep working in this season. Help will come later. But Catherine, I need you. I need you to sacrifice. No time off right now in this season. Non-stop work for me. Slave to Christ. Amen. But, hallelujah. But there's so much grace there. That is where the grace is. That is the only where the grace is. I'm telling you, I have supernatural energy, peace, joy, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm still getting good, I'm still getting decent sleep, but I'm getting less sleep than I ever had in my life. But I'm having supernatural energy still. Hallelujah. And like, because I chased after God's heart for so long, like, God, I just want what you want. I want to see what your passions are. Okay, I see your passion is for your people to receive. So now I'm editing and I'm like, the sun's rising now again for the seventh day in the row now. Like I'm still, I'm not done with this yet because editing takes a long time. Um, but, but I don't mind. I'm like, I'm like, oh, but people are going to be able to receive miracles when, when this video gets out and people will know that you exist. They will, they will find you. They'll meet you. They will come to you when they see this. And like seeking God for so long has made my heart just like be aligned with his. Amen. So I'm happy, you know, I'm a slave to Christ and I'm working harder than ever in my life, but I'm happy. Um, but this is where the grace is. There's no grace if I was doing things my own way, doing things the religious way, I would find no peace or joy there and God's work would not be done. And so I, 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 this is a very important wisdom I'm sharing today of how to please God, how to touch his heart and how to walk in anointing. It's really being a slave to Christ and you need to stop thinking that these mechanical, technical things in life that God's asking you to do are not spiritual. Amen. You need to start seeing God's work is so important to him. You know, this is how, it's, it's not hard to hear God's voice. Sometimes we're like, what does God want me to do? How long should I be praying? And should I do this? And should I do this? But I knew God spoke to me. You need to work on these videos. And so when I just kept that in the forefront, this is what he spoke to me. Everything else fell into alignment. I know now my mission, people need to see these videos. People need to see how God's moving. I have to, so everything else comes later. So if there's less time in the day to do other things, that's okay. Even if I didn't get to read the Bible that day, but I'm doing the work, that's okay. Because this is what God is exactly leading me to do. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. It's true, the laborers are very few compared to the harvest that's here, as Jesus says. And now it's time for laborers to rise up. So the, he's removed the spirit of religion from you today. Yes, hallelujah. He's opened up your eyes to see what his heart burns for. So now it's time to obey him really. I know even now God's bringing to rem remembrance in your mind right now 
something that God was calling you to do, but you were confused or you were that spirit of religion was pulling you back. Like you're not going to have time for this. So don't even go there. But God's revealing right now. That was me. Do it. Do it for me. Do it for my kingdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your truth. Oh, Jesus, thank you for removing the veil of religion off of your people today. I'm telling you, it's time for you to be free in Jesus. Be free. Ah. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I, I used to feel that weight of like, I don't know if I'm reading the Bible enough. I didn't read it today. Oh, no. <laughs> and I just feel like way down. But once God opened my eyes into literally exactly just what I shared with you today, I've been free ever since. I've been free with Jesus. You know? That's what he wants for you. None of that condemnation and shame. Just be free. Jesus, yes. Let's, let's co-labor together for your kingdom. Take me wherever, Jesus. I'm free. Hallelujah. And experiencing intimacy with him in whatever he's calling you to do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.